Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and cousin Brewski. The vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. It's the vocal minority with Nick and Steve, all of Brewski. Guess what, ladies and gents? I should say guys, gals, and my non-binary pals, we back at it again, yo. Yeah, not get rid of us that easily. Or no. perhaps ever. This is the fun of being self-employed with this show. <laughs> like, hey, it's lost, can you? So here we are again. I was thinking about that last night, dude. I was thinking, like, uh, remember when we used to get air checked when we were in radio, right? I mean, yeah. air check is basically when you go sit down in front of your programmer and he plays a tape of you for maybe sometimes an hour and then pauses and plays. And on those pauses, he tells you everything you're doing wrong. And every yeah. once in a while, he'll tell you something you're doing right or she'll tell you something you're doing right. But we don't have air checks anymore, dude. Is that dangerous? No. I mean, especially when it comes to this talk show, because uh, we used to work for a program director who had never been on air himself, had no skill set to do any of this, yet had the balls to sit here and tell us, you know, you know, that one joke you made three hours into a four-hour show. Maybe you shouldn't have done that one joke. Yeah, he, he came from the... He came from, um, uh, marketing and promotions. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I had a, a PD over at another station in Seattle who also came from promotions. They made him the VP of programming for the whole cluster. It's insane. I, I've never heard of that crap before. Normally, you have to rise up the ranks of being a DJ to be the head of the DJ. So you have some knowledge of what you're talking about. So I don't know how Captain Hair Club ever got his job or this dude you're talking about. <laughs> no, you, de- I you demoted him? Well, I I, I I tried. It didn't work. He used to be well. a sergeant, dude. Uh, is that a? Oh, is that that's, a, that's a promotion. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't promote him, dude. Please. I don't mean to. Sorry. The the ball <laughs> got in Seattle. They can't talk on the radio to save his life. Uh, yeah. No, I never liked hearing it from him in the first place. So I think we're just fine. All right. We were fine before him. We're, we're still fine after him. No. I just wanted to double check, dude. Uh, it's The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabrisky. See us online, thevocalminority.net. All our socials are right there with a big red bow. So go find them, you little bastards. Share. Share away. Sharing is care. <laughs> Tell us that you care, okay? This uh, uh, news cycle, this perpetual news cycle just keeps... Uh, Kind of spinning round and round. This is need to know news. News you need to know. I need to know! He needs to know, and he needs to know now. Before we meet, there's some news you need to know about. I need to know, I need to know now. Needed to know. Need to know. I need some news. I need some news. The news needs to come from me. The news has come. Best news I've heard all day. Okay, everybody, time to shut up and listen. This is need to know news. News you need to know. News, 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 news. I'm just cracking up at our own Nick Reynolds, who is fresh out of the shower, cramming in food, coffee, and herbal supplements into his system. It's <laughs> all the necessities, dude. You asked me a little earlier, hey, uh, well, here, I went to uh, Omaha, you know, to visit the brother, uh, left Thursday, early morning, yeah. uh, and uh, got about an average of four hours of sleep per night while I was there. So I was burning the candle at both ends. Because what, the brothers keep you up, right? One brother keeps me up, yeah. Okay. yeah. Is this their normal lifestyle, or is it when Nikki's in town, we stay up until four? Oh, yeah. Only, you know, I, we're just trying to get the most out of our time together, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, one brother, the brother that keeps me up, he he drinks, and I drink, so it usually has something to do with it. Oh, sure. These aren't sober sessions until 4 a.m.? No, sure. no. no okay. So anyway, I told Steve yesterday when I got home, I was like, I am exhausted and plan to sleep really hard tonight, which I did. And I went to bed at 1030, which is really early for me. Yeah. And uh, my dog, Oliver, woke me up at midnight. And then I thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep, damn it. But I did. 2 a.m. rolls around and I wake up again and I lay there for an hour all the crap starts rolling through my mind i can't turn it off so i've been up since 2 a.m oh are you kidding me you slept yeah. even less back home than when you were out partying with the brothers 11 30 12 30 1 30 yeah i did yeah. three and a half hours dude. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I give you credit. I am I'm a mess when I get that little sleep. So you know, well, it's I don't a, begrudge you for cramming coffee down your pie hole. And this podcast is a puppy, dude. Uh, I may be a mess today. We don't know yet. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So let's discuss some need to know news. Uh, we've just been sucked into this political vortex, and uh, I've done my best to pull as little political news as I can for today. Uh, not to begrudge you guys if you do it. It's fine. I'm just trying to trying to cut back a little bit. Yes. Uh, but this one article, I just, I, I just, I have to point this out as a knock it the hell off. Okay. Seriously. All right. Seriously. <laughs> a new political party in Arizona is fanning Democratic anxieties about 2024. More than 15,000 people in Arizona have registered to join a new political party floating a possible bipartisan, yeah, right, unity yeah. ticket against Joe Biden and against Donald Trump. Stop it. Stop it's not it. the time for it, dude. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Knock it the hell off. I have to give the speech every four years, and I'm so sick of it. Some years it's a little more benign than others, but I get it. You don't like either party. I get it. Okay. But I am sorry, people. We have a two-party system. And when it gets to the big dance, the big show, the general election, yep. your time for third-party people is well over. Yes. Do that crap during the primaries. If you think someone's a great person to run left, right, center, primary that away, okay? But once we get to the big game, you got to put that crap aside. This whole, I don't love Joe Biden. I don't love Donald Trump. Stop it. <laughs> You've got two choices. And this election, it's good versus evil. Like, that's yes. it. For the most part, nobody loves Joe Biden. Some people like Joe Biden, but nobody loves Joe Biden. Just relax. It's like, do I want to get in a head-on collision or a little fender bender? Right? right. You pick the fender bender every time. This just, it's, it's never the time, and this certainly is the one of all elections coming up. This is not the one, Arizona. Well, and even and even Ralph Nader, who brought all this garbage on us in the first place. I mean, yeah, Perot kind of did, but more so Ralph Nader. Um, but even Ralph Nader was saying this is not the time for third party candidates. Trump is just way too dangerous. Thank you. Yes. yes, Perot did screw things up, but he did one election. Nader screwed up a few elections, I would argue. And uh, yeah, it's just you're when you when you vote for a third party, you are wasting your vote. I'm sorry, you are because it's not a real possibility, and you're just making some moral stance of I'm not going to support either party. When you do that, you support the winner by default. Whoever goes on to win, that's who you support it. So yes. and you can't complain about it either. Just you can't say a word about it because you helped make it happen. You no. can't with any validity, but you know they will. You know they will complain about it, but you it's not a null and void, dude. You got have to vote for Biden right now. You have to. Yes. You know what? If vote you, blue no matter who. Yeah, that's right. That's our, our slogan, copyright. Uh, you know what? Listen. In fairness, I should point I did not come up with that, but go Copyright. <laughs> copyright. Did Steve make that up? Uh, that's a fact. All right. It's so certified. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, you know what? Trump in 2016 was even far less dangerous than this version that we're getting now. Yes. You know well, what I mean? But we're also getting the plans ahead of time. We before well, here's the thing. Yeah. The, the the 2016 run, he didn't expect to win. It was all just supposed to to be a, a publicity thing. That's all it was. And then nice. then once the election happened and he actually won, then he was like, oh crap, what do I do now? But at least now we know there's a plan in place and and we see what they are planning on doing. And it's complete madness. Yes. Uh, and we're starting to, you know, see. I mean, he's always been crazy, but we're now apparently starting to see some cognitive decline. Brewski talked huh. about last week of him, yep. you know, uh, calling uh, George Bush, Jeb Bush over and over and talking about, uh, you know, we're going to get into World War Two. Like he's he's <laughs> saying things that are. He Amazing. Well, claims to have defeated Obama in a recent speech. True. <laughs> well, True. Uh, that, did you see the, the thing the other day where he said, I would rather be electrocuted than eaten by a shark? Now, and he was doing that in Sold. A, a political speech. No, in a political <laughs> speech uh, in front of uh, a crowd. It's one thing to have that conversation at a bar when you're drinking with your friends or something or like on that. on this show. Yeah, or on <laughs> this show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But 
But I mean, to have that, to, to bring that up while you're speaking to people who are at a, at a rally to support you, where, where's that? Where's that yeah, coming from? You're, the, you're running for the highest office in, in all the land, dude. Uh, you know what's really funny is that he said, he, you know, he's always, uh, he's back on this uh, train of talking about windmills and oh, water yeah. dripping. Uh, there's something going on. I, I should have looked more into the story, but the funny side of this is, is that he was talking about windmills and they're, they're killing whales. Okay. They're having problems with windmills, windmills in Wales. And he just read the story and he said, like, uh, I think the, the headline was windmills are bad for whales and talking about the destination, not the animal. Okay. He went on in front of people and was like, windmills are bad for whales. They're killing them. We're seeing more windmills kill whales than we've ever seen the likes of before. So wait, are you saying whales like the city in England? Or no, whatever? no, it's, 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 what it's, it's more than a city. It's it's a whole geographic section of England. And okay, actually, but that's it, what it, he's it, talking about—a a town. He's not. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, that's what, what the that, article was talking about. Yes, dude, yeah. is that not hysterical? <laughs> that's how little he reads things. That's great. Well, he already has the theory that they cause cancer, they kill birds. So I'm sure when he saw they were killing yeah. whales, he was just like, "Oh, this is perfect." A hundred percent. And now, uh, I hate to say it, boys, but executives at NBC are getting together for the possibility of another Seinfeld reboot with Trump. Hillary wanted to put up wind, wind. You know, the thing makes it so. And of course, it's like a graveyard for birds. You know, in California, they were killing the bald eagle. If you shoot a bald eagle, they want to put you in jail for 10 years. A windmill will kill many bald eagles. <laughs> They're noisy. They kill the birds. You want to see a bird graveyard? You just go. Take a look. A bird graveyard? Go under a windmill someday. You'll see more birds than you've ever seen ever in your life. And you know what? After a certain number, they make you turn the windmill off. That's true, by the way. This is They make you turn it off. After you, and yet, if you killed one... That's okay. Why is it okay for these windmills to destroy the bird population? It's like a cemetery. We put a little statue for the poor birds. If you shoot a bald eagle, they put you in jail for five years. And yet the windmills wipe them all out. What's the deal? Oh, that dude's crazy, crazy. And I mean, think like he's ever been to a windmill. No, <laughs> I'll tell you this, dude. Being what, in Omaha, Nebraska, yeah, he could be. Well, maybe he's the Dosakis guy, the most interesting man <laughs> in the world. Right? I drive by windmill farms all the time in California. I, I don't notice uh, bird cemeteries. <laughs> Do you have to turn your windshield wipers on for all the blood spraying yeah, as you drive through? Everywhere, yeah. it's craziness. I'll tell you what, dude, being in Omaha, you know, here I am in liberal Washington, or at least my side of town, uh, being in Omaha, man, saw some lovely people, saw some lovely people with completely different uh, thoughts on things than I have. And people are still loving Trump, dude. Uh, there were some of our, I guess, kind of family uh, up from Texas, and uh, they love Trump. They love Trump and they, uh, when they're, when they're talking and having conversations, they sound exactly like him. All the key points of like, we're losing our country, Nick. We're losing our country. You're not going to even notice our country. And I'm just like, wow, it's just that easy, huh? Well, I mean, I don't understand where this is coming from. It's not reality. And well, I would just be so embarrassed if Biden or Obama or Hillary Clinton, anyone I was out there trying to vote for was, you know, arrested four different times, you know, molestations and rapes and frauds and crime. I mean, yeah, I just hang my head in shame and go find someone else to endorse. By, I, I just don't get it. You know what they mean by we're losing our country? Minorities. Well, it's, it's, exactly. it's not that's, not as white as it used to be. Exactly. That's exactly what, what they mean. That's exactly yeah. what they mean. But what, that, what what is that even? This country has not been white since the pilgrims got here. No, it's just certainly this. in our lifetimes it's been diverse. Uh, yeah, but but here, but here's the thing though: before the brown people and the minorities didn't have political power. Yeah. Now they now they do. They're elected in office. There was a black president. 
there's there's now a, at least part black vice president. You, it's a you solid know, point, Brisky. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, they're scared. They're freaking out. I get it. And this is why I say with this article in Arizona, like, knock it off. This is not the time to be fracturing our voting power out there. It's sanity versus insanity. And um, there's just just no other way to slice it. I had a a weekend of conversation and, uh, you know, some polite debate is what I will call it. Uh, You know what? The one thing that almost got us into uh, me and this other guy um, into an art like screaming at each other and fight. Yeah, I wasn't screaming, mind you. But what's the one problem with our country that you could see rile him up that much where I had to be like, chill out, dude, like no ketchup for his fries. No. Uh, although I heard a lot about that. I heard about the price of eggs and, you know, all that. Uh, but, you know, based on this show and the topics we've covered, I have to say it's something related to transgender. I wish it were. I mean, that'd be something worth arguing about. But the uh, thing oh, I got them ri- riled up the most was mm-hmm. uh, the fact that the uh, Chinese spy balloons came uh-huh. over here. How long it took Biden to shoot him down? And in actuality, Biden didn't even shoot him down. I bet Biden still doesn't even know they were here. Wow. Yeah. Why? And I was like, why? Why would that be the issue with all of the spying going on all the time? And we know this was happening for years. I mean, what the hell? These are the same <laughs> things that I was saying. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? I was like, yeah, you know, that's it's nuts. And I was like, well, why did it take him so long? We should have just, you know, had it above somewhere in Alaska where there was no people and shot it down right away. Because I told him, I was like, they had to wait a little while because they didn't know what were in those balloons initially. Right. Was it chemicals? Uh, you know, I, I was. He was like, "Nah, just you know, it shoot it over Alaska." What's the implication, that? though, that Biden just wanted them to spy on us, so we let it drift over the whole country? I mean, he just no. air. He's in cahoots with China, dude. I mean, that was what he was saying. I was just like, "Wow, man!" Meanwhile, Trump has a love affair with China, but yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, I think with them, it's it's a cognitive decline thing. They they all think because Trump's told them that biden is uh challenged cognitively yeah and um they buy it because that's all they hear on fox news all day long and newsmax all day long you you know know? what's funny about that is that in the same conversation maybe you know five minutes later uh he talked about how like it doesn't really matter who's in office because you know like uh we have this system set up where all these people around the president are making decisions and there's some truth to that, that they are helping guide things for sure. But if you think that, then why do you think Biden's so bad if he's not doing anything? That would mean Trump didn't do anything. It's just uh, it's layers of idiocracy because most of them don't even believe Biden's actually the president. So, I mean, and they believe it's a rigged election. So why would you even be voting? I mean, it's there's there's no logic to any of this. This is why I say we got to I think we just got to give up on 40 percent of this country. Like we just got to win. We got to defeat them. I mean, there's no there's no breaking through to them. There's no No. this unity party crap. There is no unity with these people. There is no compromise. There's no middle ground. There's no logic. Uh, Hey, dude, I'll just put a ribbon on top of this present so we can be done with this orange baboon for the day. All right. Uh, Yeah, we talked about Trump and how he has been speaking about the media and how he plans to take it down if the media does not love and adore him, that uh, it'll be done with. Going after Uh, First Amendment rights. Yes. Uh, Poor little Donald Trump is upset at Fox News. Trump had a uh, social media tantrum based uh, on Fox News. They're not giving him attention anymore, and he's not okay with it, all right? A couple of uh, ranting texts came through. Uh, I've put them in audio form, so you can just hear them real quick, all right? This is the first one. I watched Fox and Friends this morning, and it is totally unrecognizable. All they do is gush over job-seeking candidates that are 50 points plus behind your favorite president or speak endlessly about people who will never run and, without cheating, could never win. No wonder their ratings are way down. All right. 
Nice. I wonder. I like so. what you're doing here. I like hearing your sex <laughs> read by some generic white guy. That's fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, you slam it on Fox News, which, as we know, over the last uh, uh, presidential term, I mean, they were best friends and they licked his balls daily. And well, they're not and they doing still it. are. I don't know if you're watching the highlights of the five or Hannity or any of this crap. They're they're still have his back over there. Dude, I, the, I you know what? I even got people in Omaha that were saying, like, you know, do you ever watch Fox News just to see the other side? I was like, you'll be surprised that I do. I check it out once in a while. And he was like, uh, yeah, but who are you watching? By the way, this is not my brother. This is someone else. Uh, who are you watching? Sean Hannity and, you know, those, those people are fine. But, I mean, if you really want someone who backs what he says up with facts, it would have been Tucker Carlson. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I was like, he backs things up with facts, made up facts, maybe. But I was like, that's crazy that you think that. I think he's the best journalist in America. Wow. Wow. Uh, all right. So uh, Trump, uh, you know, let he let this first comment sit on social media for a while and people started commenting. And as I read through him, granted, I didn't read through, you know, every post on there, but uh the majority at the very least was like are we done with this clown do people see how dangerous he is and these were on conservative uh what's his platform true social yes true. yeah yes. and he put it and twitter or x whatever it might be so maybe people are starting to see the light but so people were commenting and of course he couldn't let it go so he popped on for another quick post fox news was our voice but sadly that voice has developed a serious case of laryngitis. <laughs> wow. But then, boom, boom. That's, I mean, now he's a comedian. A yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. Now they have laryngitis. We got uh, just always remember that Trump projects constantly. Everything mm. that he says is something he's either he is a personality trait of him, something he's going to do. It's all projecting. So all of this talk about the only way they can win elections is by cheating. Like, yeah. I can't wait to see what efforts they do to try to cheat because they're going to, because he's well aware that's the only way he can win. And, and yeah, yes. the only thing that makes me sleep a little bit better at night is knowing that there is a rising number of Republicans who are saying, I will not vote for Trump regardless. Yes. So yes. you can't stand to lose that percentage out there because he had him in 2016. He lost enough in 2020 that he didn't win the election breaking news and uh, yeah this time he's not gaining any more followers and i hate yeah. to belittle ourselves but we're hearing from the vocal minority in his group out there you know these people they're just they're dumb ignorant they're never going to see the light of day but they're right. loud and they're verbose and they're vocal so it feels like they represent more than they do but they do not you know who else is vocal uh, is Chris Christie's really getting vocal lately. Uh, he called him out and said, like, come on the debate stage. You don't want to debate me. He kind of turned uh, Trump's whole thing around like you couldn't take me. You know, it was sounded yeah. like a uh, elementary schoolyard fight, dude. It was real funny. Poor Chris Christie to be the smartest man in the room and no one's buying what you're selling because you're preaching to a bunch of idiots. Right. Again, you're trying to use facts and logic and all. it's never going to work, Chris Christie. You're mm -hmm. the smartest man up there in many ways, but you're dumb if you think any of these people are going to support you. I wish they would. I mean, I wish that would be the guy they supported. Keep wishing. This is Need <laughs> to Know News. News you need to know. It's the Welcome Minority. Nick and Steve, all Brewski. Welcome to the program again. Vocalminority.net. Hey, dude, have you heard anything? Uh, that I'm, I'm pushing two stories into one, and they're sort of local to Seattle, but my hope is is that they will start spreading nationwide mm. faster than COVID. Okay. I have a Seattle story in my stack, so let's see. Oh, you do? Yeah. All right. Well, we just announced today Washington uh, Washington State Department of Labor and Industry announced uh, on Friday of last week that the minimum wage will increase from 1574 to 1628 an hour beginning on January 1, 2024. Uh, this is a 3.4 percent increase from 2023. Now, Washington officially has the highest state level minimum wage across the U.S. Did you know that? I did not know that, but kudos. California's at 15-something an hour. 
And it's always funny because we, you know, I live in a town that, you know, I live in Lake Tahoe, so California, Nevada, right here. And, you know, the minimum wage, I'm talking to some people on the Nevada side of like, you know, you're getting a job, minimum wage. What's that? They're like $9 an hour, $10 an hour. You go across the border over here, it's $15 an hour for the same job. In fact, I was talking to one person who's working for a restaurant in on the Nevada side and they have another one on the California side. But I'm like, how are they going to do that? They can't pay you ten bucks an hour in Nevada and fifteen in California. Like, that's but can struggle. they? Maybe they can. They would have to. But yeah. yeah, they, and, they uh, would have to because it's all. It all depends on what the local state legislature has enacted. Yeah. No. Exactly. So. Yeah. So no. Kudos to Seattle. Yeah. People claim it's going to bankrupt everyone, but are you guys all bankrupt yet? When you went to fifteen. Nope, we're doing good, dude. Uh, cities in Washington <laughs> can set their own minimum wages currently, but that is the lowest across the board, right? Yeah. Um, uh, currently, Seattle is at eighteen sixty nine an hour for minimum wage. SeaTac, where the airport is, is at nineteen oh six, and Tukwila is at eighteen ninety nine. Those are the three highest in the state. But we talk about a living wage and look, I understand that there are some jobs that require no skill. We talked about the factories. Sometimes you're just like putting things together. Anyone could do it. But not necessarily can you stand on your feet all day for twelve hours a day and work six and seven days a week. Can you? Can you keep up with it? You you yeah. know what though, Nick Nick, I was gonna say I worked at uh, an aerospace company for a while with my dad, and yeah. we had the we had these kits that we would put together that we would you would put all these little parts, and they would have to be put in this uh, foam. You'd be surprised how many people have difficulty putting together one of those kits. I don't mean to degrade anybody. I'm just saying, like, as far as uh, being uh, trained for college, having to go to college for certain positions, there are jobs out there, uh, you know, that you, you don't have to have that. Uh, this one is included. I didn't go to college, mind you. So, yeah, really. We're just a bunch of babbling morons here. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it doesn't matter what your skill set or how complicated your job is. What is wh where does it go up the chain? You know, I worked in a factory where, okay, I was putting stationary packages together. Like, it's not a rocket science job, but then they're selling them for 20 bucks a pop. And, you know, am I am I adding to a supply line that's going to make a profitable product? If it is, then I should be paid accordingly, not based on my intelligence or skill set. I would argue any job, once you've learned it, what does that mean? Oh, well, now you know it, so you don't get any extra credit for that. Right. Yeah. No, you should. And so when we see these minimum wages rising, like uh, in Washington, in California, this is the one of the problems with the uh, auto workers union is that, you know, a lot of these people that are uh, making our cars are making less than the people that work at McDonald's, you know, depending on what state you're in. These minimum wages well, are so much higher. Sure. Well, but th that the problem that you have there is you've got states where they're allowed unions versus quote unquote right to work states. And sure. I, I've said it before and I will continue to say it that a right to work state, the only right that you have is the right to work for less money. That's all it is. Yeah, the right you to know, be fired at any time. Yeah. And, and, and you're uh, stronger and, together. That's the whole point of a union is you're teaming up with everyone else and you have collective power at that point. And yes. Of course, it's better for the middle class to have unions. And I've talked to business owners in this town because it's part of my job. And, you know, they lament or they were a few years ago, like minimum wage going up to $15 an hour. And they're looking just at their numbers and they're like, I can't afford $15 an hour. Like, okay. Right. But what if your sales go up accordingly? And they're like, why would my sales go up just because minimum wage is going up? It's because poor people and middle class people spend their money. You know, they don't get to save a lot of it like the super rich. So yes. if you're paying me more, I can now go around my town and spend more. I can go buy those tires I've been putting off for a while. I can go get the the lump on my neck looked at that I never want. Yeah. Like, when you're making more money, you're putting it back into the economy. Sales go up in businesses. It's all equal. It justifies. It works itself out. Or someplace like Seattle would have gone bankrupt a few years ago. You're, and you're 100% right. And there's even more to it than that. Uh, have you ever heard uh, happy chickens make happy eggs? Like, uh, if you pay your workers and they don't have to have that second job, they're happier. They're more productive. They come to work. They sell your company. Like, it's Not a win-win. <laughs> right.
So. All right. So that's just I hope that spreads uh, into, uh, you know, our entire country at some point. So uh, then I was reading that and I was like, oh, another Washington article. Uh, we have a county in Washington called San Juan County, and it, uh, it encompasses the San Juan Islands in Seattle. OK, yeah. San Juan County adopts, uh, this is the first one to do it, by the way. San Juan County adopts a shorter work week to save money and improve retention. Mm. Uh, they are going down to a 32 hour work week with no reduction in pay. That's what they're doing. And that'll also uh, uh, start here in the next month or two. The county came to an agreement with the American Federation of State, County and Municipal Employees, which represent a large majority of court uh, county employees. The changes will go into effect on October 1. Oh, it happened yesterday. Uh, Although the sheriff's office and emergency response personnel department, so all emergency workers, this does not apply to police, fire, you know, all those workers. So they still got to put in their 40. Um, Their hope is, is that uh, by giving them a little bit more personal time, that we're going to see a sharp reduction in people taking time off, whether that's sick time or, uh, you know, alluded to uh, running errands, uh, you know, maintaining and stuff like that. And part of the thought process behind this is that a lot of these folks have to take the ferry over, uh, you know, to go to the hospital and stuff like that. It's hard to do on a 40 hour work week without taking time off. Yeah, for sure. So uh, they're going to see how, how this goes. The, uh, the county said that it had been dealing with a chronic 10 to 15 percent job vacancy rate in most departments. And it said 15 percent of its workforce will hit retirement age or become retirement eligible within the next three years. So they felt like they had to make a change, start getting some younger blood in here with a 32 hour work week. This is countywide, dude. I mean, that's a big step for America, right? Yeah, uh, I can't wait to see how the experiment goes. I mean, Europe's already been trying it. It seems to be working just fine there. I would argue that you can probably, you know, some of the formulas are you work four days, but you work 10. So you're still working sure. four hours a week or whatever. So the big question is, can you still be productive in 32 hours? And I would bet most jobs, the answer is yes. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, have you ever been on Facebook during the day? Is no one on there? Of course not. Like you know. time, time thief. Right. Yeah. Like people are doing other things at work that they could probably cut down on. And if you only gave me four days to get my job done, I'll get it done so I can go enjoy my three days. Sure. Happier chicken. Yeah. Well, you know, that there are countries in particular, I believe the Netherlands, where they don't even require somebody to actually work eight hours a day, but still receive eight hours of pay. So their thinking is rather than you stretching out your work over eight hours, mm-hmm. if you come in, you get your work done. So you get it done in six hours. Yeah. Well, you know what? You can then go home, you pick up your kids at school, all that thing there. You got totally. all the productivity done that you need to yep. get done. And no one quality has suffered because of it. As right. long as that, as long as that's met, you know, yep. well, why do I, why do I care if you get it done in six hours? Well, what am I going to make you stick around here for eight hours for, you know? Totally. There are some jobs that may not work out, but there are a lot sure. of them that it can. And uh, Nick and I at the radio station, that is exactly how we function. And that is something I bargained for years ago where I told the GM back in the day, like, I know what I have to get done every day. Like, let me just get it done. I don't want to sit here for eight hours. Like, if I want to work three hours now and three hours at midnight, like, just let me get my job done. As long as I'm not dropping the ball, that's all that should matter. And I'll tell you what, dude, I mean, it makes life so much more enjoyable to be able to go have, uh, you know, like a lunch with my mom and come back and finish my work, you know, just stupid stuff or take my kid to the doctor, whatever. Absolutely. and and you brewski you can speak to this that that's why a lot of people are in on uber and lyft and working for these companies because i can work whenever i want well there's that part of it but i think i I, in i think a lot of people like to be able to create their own schedule but they but they want to make sure that they're getting everything done they need to get done make the money they need to make to pay their bills and set their own schedule. Steve and I uh, always think about the fact that, like, uh, if the day comes, we have to get another job that uh, we're not in charge of. Like, it's going to be a tough transition. You know what I'm saying, dude? Yes, I yes. do. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, Hopefully everyone's paying attention to the show. <laughs> like, yeah. Restructure work in this country. It's ridiculous. Uh, I will say, dude, I was watching uh, Anthony Bourdain's show. Uh, I, no reservations. I, I can't remember yeah, the title. He's got 20 of them, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was over in Italy and he was talking and, you know, doing his thing on the show, eating, talking, meeting people. Over there, dude, these people start the morning off around 9 a.m. They walk to the cafe and have coffee and, you know, whatever, read the paper, read a book. They sit for an hour and drink, you know, a cafe latte. Then they get up. They go work for a few hours. They have, at the very least, a two-hour lunch, and then they may go back to work for a little bit, and then it's off by 3 to 4 o'clock, and it's, you know, that's every day, and they seem to be doing just fine. We have an an issue with uh, our CEOs making all this money when they could be this the companies could be investing this in their employees that it's so crazy dude i i'm not saying they don't pay ceos in the same fashion elsewhere but seems to be less in european countries uh yeah, that's how you balance things out. You don't hoard all the money at the top. And you're right. going to tell me the average CEO is sitting there working eight straight hours a day, bull loney. <laughs> no, yeah, come on. If they're working at all, I mean, I obviously they're working at all, but like they don't work all day every day. No, no. So no. there you go. <laughs> Pay attention to the program. And uh, Steve Bruski and I are all very worried about not having open schedules anymore. So. <laughs> Go see thevocalminority.net and tell your friends. Need to know news. I said, oh, Lord, Jesus, is a fire. News you need to know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. It's time for another brewski. This one is a crazy brewski. Gentlemen, the phrase of the day is self-aggrandizing. Do we mm. know what that means? I do. Yes. I, I don't know what it means. I think we do a lot of it on the show, but in, well, in you know, non-toxic ways. Well, it means promoting oneself as being powerful or important. And in this case here, I am speaking mm. of a representative that okay. was just elected in 2021 from Indiana named Victoria Sparta. Mm. Okay. No, no, pardon me. Victoria Sparts. She's a Republican. Sparts. She's a Republican from Indiana. Yes. Sparts. S-P-A-R-T-Z. Mm. And she said, quote, I cannot save this republic alone, end quote. GOP rep threatens to martyr herself and resign over debt legislation. So she, in her mind, thinks that she was elected to save the United States from uh, debt, and that unless there is a debt commission and there's massive cuts to be made, then she is going to uh, resign. Step down. Why doesn't she? I mean, be a real martyr, dude. Go tie yourself to a pole and go on hunger strike. You know what I here, mean? Like you don't care that much. Here, here, here is the exact the, the direct quote. I've done many different things, being one woman standing many times with many long hours of personal sacrifices. But there is a limitation to human capacity. If Congress does not pass a debt commission this year to move the needle on the crushing national debt and inflation, at least. At the next debt ceiling increase at the end of 2024, I will not continue sacrificing my children for the circus with a complete absence of leadership and vision and spine. I cannot save this republic alone. So no. <laughs> number one, no one ex no one asked her to save the republic. Especially not, not from Indiana. What the hell? I, I, exactly. But then here's the, the, the other part about this. Where was she when Trump was passing the unnecessary and unneeded tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations? Because that's what added to our national debt tremendously. Yeah, so say, what, I mean, tremendous. What, what, is, what is the quest to end debt in this country? No one's trying to take that on because we're way too far in debt to well, just somehow eliminate it. And every party has added to it. The red well, more than the blue. But well, consistently I, I, and always, but yeah, I, I I'm going to actually quote the Dark Lord himself, Dick Cheney, once yeah. said, "I think Reagan showed the deficits don't matter. You can't complain about the the deficit when you're the ones that's adding to it." 
Absolutely. Donald Trump is the king of debt. I had a business coach talk to me about that way before he was ever elected, that he is, you know, the king of running up debt and either running away from it or going into more debt to pay off another debt. Like he's just constantly shuffling debts around. And we've we've seen that just clear as day. Spent his whole career uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? Yeah, no, for sure. But also, every Republican hates California. Hey, guess what? We have a surplus out here. So how, how bad can we possibly be? If we've solved our debt problem. Let's remember Bill Clinton left W a, a surplus. Yeah. And W W blew that to hell. Uh, listen, this woman can uh, go ahead and martyr herself. Uh, let's move on to the next. Uh, <laughs> yeah. crazy, I but, think but, this is probably the last we'll hear about it. <laughs> you know? well, but but the, it's it's that, that level of thinking you are so much bigger than everybody else. And it seems like it really comes with Republican office holders and i don't know what it is about their voters that attracts them to these kind of people but there's so many of them this is need to know news news you need to know start the news chant please come on come on news 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 yeah uh, okay, so let's keep the theme going. I'm just talking about California getting beat up on all the time, even though we are the largest economy in the country. We produce everything that everyone loves, movies and social media <laughs> and surf stars or whatever. Like you know, Avocados. 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 Yeah. Avocados. That is another thing. California is the, the breadbasket of the country. Like we have more yeah. farming than anyone does. And we have plenty of rural areas in the state as well. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Of course. I mean, did you, did you know, by the way, speaking of avocados, that the Haas avocado was actually invented in the state of California? I did not. Nor it do I actually, think it is. It was actually invented by a postal worker who cross-pollinated two different types of avocado to come up with, now these days, the largest selling uh, avocado um, varietal in the entire world. Tremendous play by Brewski. Here's a good thing I, I recently realized. You know how I know that California is the greatest state in the union? California raisins. How many songs have been written about California versus every other state in this country? How many songs talk about California? I mean, there's a long <laughs> list. How many songs have been written about any other state? You may be lucky if you have one. California, back from the oldies to the modern era, it's all over pop culture. Yeah, well, that's where they were writing music and still are, right? Uh, they were writing music in Motown. How many songs about Michigan do you know? You got a lot of songs about <laughs> Hero. Detroit, but yeah. Right. Detroit, yeah, Detroit Rock, Rock City. City. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, everyone's maybe got one, right? Yeah. Sure. And the Bee Gees have some song about Massachusetts, right? No. No. What's the Massachusetts song? Nick, help me out. Come on. Uh, oh, no, about the um, fire the uh, Massachusetts uh, coal miners fire. Is that what no. we're talking about? He's talking Are you sure about the Bee Gees didn't have a song about Massachusetts? <laughs> He's talking about Dirty Water by the Standells, which is about Boston. Hmm. Okay. Bee Gees, Massachusetts. Did the Bee Gees have a song related to Massachusetts? <laughs> I could have sworn. What songs are written about Massachusetts? Let's just put it that way. Uh, yeah, they did. Massachusetts is a 1967 Ooh. pop and folk song written by the Bee Gees, released on their 68 album. I, yeah, well, you're a genius, Steve. So there <laughs> I'm just saying, you got to dig deep to find how many songs about Washington State are there? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, you make a valid point. Thank you. So my point is, though, I'm going to lump you in with this. You know, uh, liberal cities are getting beat up on a lot. California has been taking this forever. We've talked about San Francisco. Now, Seattle is another liberal city that gets picked on a lot. You know, I was just even making a joke with Nick recently about you and Rachel were having lunch downtown. And I said something about, you know, I hope a homeless man doesn't take a dump out in front of your restaurant. And yes. What was your response, more or less? Boy, uh, I don't remember. But I think it probably, if you what, said what, it to me be? now. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say Seattle's like, uh, a crime-ridden liberal hellhole, Nick Reynolds. You're going to be mugged and raped for even yeah. trying to go to a Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, if there's going to be a guy pooping, I mean, that's this is a big city, dude. <laughs> You're going to find a little poo everywhere, right? Yes, yes. Uh, DeSantis just went on some spiel at the VP or the presidential debate about, I talked to three people. They've all been mugged in San Francisco recently, which, baloney, you talked to three people. But, yeah. you know, Gavin Newsom had the best response. 
response of like, all right, first of all, every major city has crime. Secondly, our crime rates are significantly lower than multiple cities in Florida, other conservative states. Like crime is a real thing. It does exist. Homeless people do exist. I've been to major cities my entire life where there's homeless people and crime. I mean, it's what a major city is. But this painting that somehow liberal cities are just as hellscape is ridiculous so did you hear about this reporter that went to seattle from fox news last week uh and he tried to interview people around town and get them to disparage seattle about the hellhole it is did this did this no news well (laughs) i was gone all week and i I wasn't really paying attention so i didn't see it all right so fox news sent a reporter to seattle to find out how residents of the emerald city jet city feel about crime and he did not get the warmest of welcomes. In fact, one man insisted he's never even seen crime in the city. <laughs> I mean, he's just screwing with these people. He's like, I've never even and seen crime in Seattle. I apologize, dude. I did see these clips of, you know, uh, people saying like, yeah, uh, crime. What's that? Like, I don't know if they were effing with him because we do have crime in Seattle, but it's not on a huge level more than any other large city. So it was funny, dude. Of course. And people in Seattle can see Fox News coming a mile away. Uh, Jesse Waters of the Five had sent this reporter. Uh, and they were all just screwing with them. He, they wouldn't give them the answers they were hoping for, not only because they were Fox News and they just wanted to make them look stupid, but because it's not true. San Francisco, Seattle, of course they have crime. They are not some hellscape, though, that conservatives right. seem to be trying to paint them as. Dude, my uh, I've pointed this out before. My wife goes downtown Seattle every day and walks uh, to lunch. And in the winter, it gets dark here at four o'clock. I mean, she's walking out, to, you know, all, all the time and knock on wood. She's always been OK. But here's the deal. We live in a big city. Take some precautions when she's down there by herself. And that's every big city. And the statistics, by the way, if it make you feel any better, crime in Seattle is uh, down 17 percent from uh, this time last year. So nice. This is the ebb and flow. And of course, every major city during COVID saw some form of crime increase because people yes. were you know, poverty stricken and unemployed. And I mean, it was a terrible time. So yeah. But yeah. Kudos to Seattle for, uh, for harassing the Fox news reporters and not giving <laughs> them the sound bites they were hoping for. They couldn't even find some Fox news fan to pretend that it's a hellscape and give them the air, you know, the sound bites they were hoping for. So it's funny, dude. Uh, yeah, you're right. Seattle is good at that. Um, Alex Jones came to Seattle and I think one of Brucey's friends beat him up. Uh, is no. that true? No, actually, one of my one of my friends uh, threw hot coffee in his face. <laughs> well, okay, he assaulted Alex Jones. In I hope he Starbucks. I mean, I will, I, will tell you, I, will tell, I will tell you this: that friend of mine, yeah, uh, you wouldn't believe. I mean, his social media was just blown up. Oh like, yeah, it was they, it was huge. They came at him so hard. Um, it was, it took, it took almost two years before the whole thing kind of blew over. Alex Jones, people were coming at him forever. Yeah. Yeah. They'll do that. They came after me when I canceled Rush Limbaugh. They came after me when I canceled Alex Jones, but, uh, flap your gums and they go away eventually. And, you know, well, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I always like this story about Alex Jones people after the Boston marathon bombing, the police yeah. were having a, um, uh, a press conference and Alex Jones had sent one of his people up there and he started asking questions, uh, calling it a false flag operation and that it was all phony. Let's just say that by the time my fellow Bostonians got done speaking to this gentleman, speaking to him, uh, he got out of there so fast and left the city faster than you can imagine because they did not take calendar of that at all. And sometimes you have to do that kind of thing with people like this. Yeah, Absolutely. going to Boston, dude. What are you thinking? I was going to say, that's not the town to smack talk in. But <laughs> sometimes you, you got to push back in a fer- uh, ferocious and sometimes even physical way to get the sometimes, point. Sometimes, yes. You know? Yeah. Sometimes it just happens. I uh, I watch a lot of Karen videos because I just find them so funny. And there's this there's a couple out there, and I don't I don't know how to say this without sounding terrible, but go I'm ahead say it. There's some <laughs> there's a few examples of this, but basically it's some entitled Karen, some obnoxious white woman bitching and moaning and everyone belittling them and bemeaning them, and yeah. she has this air of like, what are you gonna do? Like I'm a woman, you're not gonna punch me. 
And, and I'm white. Videos out there where some of these Karens, just some guy will just walk up and just lay them out. <laughs> just, you know, they're out screaming racist things in a 7 Eleven, and some guy just clocks her. And obviously, I'm not condoning violence against women, but sometimes human beings deserve to get punched in the freaking mouth. And yeah, we're out in public with this sense of entitlement that none of you can do anything. I'm just going to scream the N-word in your face and someone punches you. I'm sorry. There's a little karma there that is needed. Yes, you've got something coming, dude. It's not, You're not punching him. I mean, uh, I'm not a big fan of Ike Turner, but I am a fan of exactly what you said. Like, if you've got a big mouth and you're running it and you don't shut up, sorry. There are guys out there that are stupid enough to punch you. Well... I, I always say, ain't nobody above an ass whipping. That's and, true. and I mean that I mean that sincerely. I don't care, man, woman, no matter yeah. what. You know, you if you've got it coming to you, you're gonna get it. No, Bill Burr's got a whole rant about how many times he's been punched in the face at a bar and on the drive home. He's like, Yeah, I kind of deserve that. <laughs> right. Like, you know, women need to experience that. He's like, it needs to be other women though that are punching these women because those guys can't do it. So <laughs> right. Yes, we can. Women, you need to punch other women in the freaking mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You should be the ones taking control. This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. All right. Come to my cathedral, gentlemen, for a quick church service. Uh, I think this is the uh, first one you're going to enjoy, Steve Varnas. Ladies and gentlemen of the vocal minority, uh, did you hear the most recent story that a pastor decided it would be a good idea to enter a cage full of lions to prove he's protected by God? The big man upstairs, willing to risk life and limb to show this to you. Pastor locked himself in a cage with three lions to demonstrate his divine protection, like the biblically, uh, biblical story of Daniel. The religious leader even invited his congregation to the animal park to witness the stunt. According to uh, local media, the pastor, whose identity is still unknown, he wanted to prove that nothing can happen to a man of God. This video clip shows the pastor seen wearing a bright blue suit, stroking the growling lions. <laughs> and his congregation is uh, all standing outside the cage. I don't know if they're all there, but there's a bunch of people behind him, like watching and uh, seeing, uh, will he be eaten? He strokes them for uh, quite a while. And at one point, even puts his arm in one of the lion's mouths before looking confidently at the camera and, you know, giving a little uh -huh. wave. It appears as though the Nigerian pastor was recently uh, uh, recreating the biblical story of Daniel, who was thrown into a lion's den and came out unscathed thanks to the hand of God. And they've, you know, there's a whole video you can go watch about this. After the footage went viral, um, uh, this pastor uh, was sitting there and uh, this guy comes up to him, a Kenyan MP, Ronald Karui, offered to pay the pastor to be sent to the Maasai yes. Nara National Reserve to try the stunt with wild lions. Uh, the MP said, I volunteer to take him to the Maasai Mara. Please, all expenses paid. I'll take him up there. Uh, we'll look for the lions and he can go walk with them. Uh, now people are saying the reason he was able to go do this is, I mean, uh, these lions do look small, um, but they look like small adults, but they're uh, cubs. And apparently this pastor paid somebody to drug him up. Oh. So they're all like on a ton of Sudafed or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, now people are saying like, uh, you really want to show you're a man of God and nothing can happen to you. Let's go to the wild. We'll try it again. So we'll have to uh, stick around, see what happens. I think it's brilliant. I think every priest, pastor, reverend, everyone on planet Earth should uh, be lined up to be fed to the lions. Let's let God sort it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, we'll, we'll keep our eye and ear on the story and see if we get any updates. Something tells me that he will pull out on this. So 
<laughs> yeah, you bet he will. <laughs> yeah, right. He's in Florida with the alligators. Like nine times out of ten, he's over there poking the alligator. Nothing ever goes wrong, but of course, eventually it does. And and uh, there's a huge difference between uh, any animal in captivity versus in nature. So, and uh, one that's you know drugged on a bunch of Sudafed and you know lethargic. So yeah, in order to make your religious point, you have to con and manipulate people. Wow, that's something new. Where is this world going? What is it turning to? So yeah, we'll keep uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, and we'll, we'll let you know what happens. All right, very good. Well, we will live to tell the tale another day, but that's all for this fine day. Hey, dude, go check out our webpage, thevocalminority.net. You can see all our socials there. After all, this is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. Say goodbye, Brewski. Goodbye, Brewski. And we say bye-bye. Test one, two, test one, two. Stop.